Hello, and welcome to Non-Technical, where I, your host, Alexis Gay, interview influential folks from tech, media, business, and beyond about everything except their resumes. Today on the pod, I'm very excited to record today's episode. We have Arielle Zuckerberg, partner at a leading early stage venture fund. Though she's done a lot of other super impressive, pretty interesting things prior to that, which admittedly, I'm not going to ask her that much about. Arielle, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. And thanks for calling me influential. Oh, yes, you are influential. I'm so excited to have you on the pod. Awesome to be here. Are you ready to dive in? I think so. Fantastic. This episode of Non-Technical is brought to you by Bets Connect, a recruiting platform unlike any other. Whether you're looking to hire the best go-to-market talent or looking for your next opportunity, Bets can help. Bets has spent more than a decade building relationships with the world's most innovative companies and professionals. And for the first time ever, you can access this network with Bets Connect. As the only go-to-market recruiting platform built by recruiters and powered by recruiters, Connect enables you to search through a network of vetted go-to-market professionals actively looking for their next opportunity and make better hires faster. In addition, Bets Connect clients the ROI within 90 days. Plus, if you're looking for your next big opportunity, you can join the Bets Network and get connected with the world's most innovative companies that are looking to hire go-to-market professionals like you. Learn more about hiring top talent or finding your next role at BetsRecruiting.com slash non-technical. Ariel Zuckerberg is a partner at a leading VC firm focusing on early stage enterprise software and consumer tech investments. Before venture capital, she was a product manager at Human, which was acquired by Tinder. Google and Wildfire, which was acquired by Google. She studied philosophy and computer science at Claremont McKenna College. And on the side, Ariel is a part-time DJ and co-founder of the clothing brand Ledge. Ariel, welcome to the pod. Woo. Awesome. Thanks for having me. I'm a huge fan. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. (laughs) That's truly too kind of you. Something that we were just connecting about is we have so many mutual friends. Yes. And many of them legends that you've had on the show in the past. And you're joining that League of Legends today. Wow. I know. I'm so honored. Massive. I mean, you know, Maya Bittner, Bremner Morris, Sheil, Ellen, the list goes on. Yes. Hunter as well. Wow. Oh my God. I love this. That makes me so happy. The tech world is very small also. (laughs) It's very nice of you to uh, start a podcast where you just interview my friends. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's actually a really good point. So I think if you were looking for new friends, you could really just scroll down my list of episodes. I've pre-qualified them for you when you think about it. And I love that you talk to people about stuff outside of work. So it actually do get the true flavor of people. I really do love to talk to people about what they do outside of work. Not because I don't admire what they do for work, but because I'm like, Ooh, I want to know the other stuff, you know? Yeah, totally. Well, I'm so excited to dive in with you. My first question for you is actually about a very hot topic these days, though it comes from something that you tweeted in February, which is that you said, this is February 26, 2021. Also, by the way, I love that it sounds like straight out of the gate. I'm starting with a like gotcha journalism question. (laughs) I'm like, oh no, my Twitter. What did I tweet? No, no, no. Listen to this. You said, just gave my interior designer an NFT art budget. Excited to see what she comes back with. So the people need to know, Ariel, (laughs) what did she come back with? She actually hasn't come back with anything yet. (gasps) She's my roommate, my interior designer. And it's a little bit of like the shoemaker has no shoes where (laughs) she is constantly focusing on her other clients. And and every time there's like, hey, Emily, like 
you know, we could really use another chair here. Yeah. <laughs> We're not high on the priority list. I think it's somewhere on her to-do list. I understand that. <laughs> we used to have this digital art frame. This is way before NFTs, but called yeah, Electric sure. Objects. Yes, yes, yes. And we had a digital art showing in our apartment at all times. And people thought it was super cool, but kind of like NFTs before NFTs. When it was just digital art. Those photo frames where people would upload 90 photos from their vacation in Cancun from their Panasonic camera, you know? Yeah, totally. So tell me this, Ariel. How did you spend your last day off? I actually took last week off. I was <gasps> in Mexico. Ooh, oh my God. And you uploaded 90 photos from your Panasonic digital camera to a yes. digital photo frame? 100%. I was there for Day of the Dead and a wedding oh, wow. in Oaxaca. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah, it was awesome. Had you been to Mexico before? Yes, been to Mexico City, had not been to Oaxaca. Of course, like Cancun when I was younger and Cabo yeah, yeah. and all that, but yeah. What was the most surprising thing about being in Oaxaca? This isn't going to be surprising because I feel like this is a known secret now, but the food is just um, insane. It was I, the food and the artwork, and it's so colorful. Ooh. There are those beautiful flags mm -hmm. on top of every street in downtown. It was super magical. Wow. That really sounds like an amazing time to be there in particular. Yeah. Yay. Okay, cool. I'm so excited that you got to do that. Let me ask you this. Have you ever been known as the something person? My siblings actually gave a joint speech at my wedding. I have three oh. siblings and they were talking about this. I didn't know that I was a something person. <laughs> Trust the family to tell you the truth. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, Randy is the theater person. Mark is the computer person. Uh -huh. Donna is the books person. And they said, I'm the person who went outside and had friends. Oh my God. <laughs> <So> <laughs> in high school, it's kind of a jock, honestly. Yeah? What sport? I did volleyball, fencing, which is oh kind of God. the family sport, and also track and field. But I also wow. did travel volleyball. That's a long list of sports. I'm impressed. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I was forced to play a similar number of sports. I doubt it was at the same level. We'll say that. <laughs> what sports did you play? Oh, I had to play so many sports, Ariel. I went to school <laughs> where sports were mandatory. I played soccer, squash, lacrosse. I played softball. Before they offered a softball team, I played baseball. I made them let me play baseball because wow. there was no softball team. I was the only girl on the team. I was terrible. I feel like I could watch a movie about that. <laughs> well... <laughs> Maybe looking back, <laughs> not so much at the time. Okay, so you were the one who went outside and made friends. Do you feel at all like you are still the one who goes outside and make friends? Or was that something that you identified with when you were younger? I, I mean, I never knew that that was like an odd thing. Mm. <laughs> no, I'm definitely the person who likes to go outside and I, I like friends. Which like hot take, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I know, I'm really unique. Right. You just like love fresh air and hanging out with friends. <laughs> it is funny to think though that that might be true compared to, to my siblings though. That is funny. It is all relative. I've learned that uh, too about myself. You learn in the how people view you through their own lens. Like to some of my friends, I'm very this, right? And then to other friends, they're like, no, you're the least this. And it's all who you know. Yep. Yep. For sure. 
Okay. And something we were talking about a little bit before we recorded was how you pronounce your name. Cause I made sure I said <laughs> it's Ariel, right? And you told me that you have heard many pronunciations throughout the years, but that the one that resonates with you most, would you like to do the honor before oh, I gosh. try it? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think of the background, just my, my parents, my mom's from Queens and my dad is from Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. So I grew up with them saying Ariel. Oh yeah. We <laughs> love the A. I just, I know that that's wrong. So I've just grown up (laughs) accepting every single pronunciation and and I don't have a strong preference. (laughs) But yes, I get this question all the time. I'm sure you do. I mean, I love Ariel. I think that's great. As I told you, I'm from Connecticut. And so I have many friends and people in my network with that A pronunciation in their lexicon. I would be honored to call you Ariel for the rest of our friendship. Awesome. And Ellen De Silva and David Eckstein also call me Ariel. Yes. Because Ellen, Ellen is from Westchester as well. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Honestly, this is maybe the third episode that I've started by being like, I love Ellen and David. <laughs> <laughs> Same. Listeners of this podcast are going to be like, who are these people and why is Alexis fully obsessed with them? But it's because they don't know them. If you knew them, you'd understand. I mean, hopefully they've like looked them up and befriended them by now. At this point, I would hope. I love that. And I love that they call you Ariel as well. (laughs) Feels like home. Oh, that's so nice. Did you ever have that accent growing up? No. Thank God. Honestly, no, <laughs> but whenever I hear it, though, it sounds there's such a familiarity to it and it, it feels immediately like home, like meeting mm. other friends, parents from Westchester or New York or, you know, New Jersey. It's yeah. just, wow, something so beautiful about it. <laughs> Absolutely. Have you ever met someone who defaulted to calling you Ariel and you were like, oh, yes, one of us? Oh, I can't remember recently, to be honest. I've been in California too long. <laughs> just got full California. Yeah. So you are someone who grew up on the East Coast and then has now lived on the West Coast for, I'm assuming, at least since college. Yes. Because you went to Claremont McKenna. Exactly. Okay. So you've been on the West Coast for a while. What do you think is the thing that's changed most about you, East Coast to West Coast? I think my like catchphrases have changed. Really? Yeah. I say the word dope all the time. Is that a California thing? Wait, is that where I got that from? I think it is. And I say like, hell yeah. Like even in a work meeting, I'll just say these ridiculous things that feel very California. Okay. I feel like very LA specifically. And yeah, yeah, I think we've imported them here to NorCal. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. (laughs) That's dope. That's dope. I'm somebody who says that's dope. And there's like no part of my personality that would indicate I'm someone who should be using the word dope. Does that make sense? Yes. That resonates with me a (laughs) hundred (laughs) percent. Do you have a specific catchphrase that people feel are specific to you? Something you're known for saying? I couldn't think of one, to be honest. I would love it if it was revealed that hell yeah (laughs) was very closely associated with you at work. Yeah, I think it probably is. That's amazing. (laughs) I might steal that one. That's a great one. (laughs) Yeah, it comes in all forms. It's like hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. It's Mm -hmm. every intonation of it. There are many intonations and inflections and it can mean different things. Yes. Kind of like Chinese. That's true. Wow. Very intellectual. (laughs) (laughs) I realized recently that when I was in middle or high school, I used to say heck yes, because I didn't want to curse. 
Oh, wait, that's so wholesome. <laughs> yeah. But the intention might not have been as wholesome. <laughs> uh, yeah. The intention was, I wanted to be someone that said, hell yeah, but I felt really wrong cursing. And so I said, heck yes. And I still say heck yes sometimes, but I definitely curse. <laughs> <laughs> wait, I might want to say, maybe I'll borrow that. Heck yes. Heck yes. I love it. Heck yes. It sounds weird. I understand. There's a transitional phase. Yeah. On the note of how you grew up, is there anything that you did or your family did growing up that at the time you thought was normal and then later you realized was very strange? So many things. Really? Like I can't even (laughs) begin. (laughs) For example, instead of like an intercom system, we had an internal family chat like AIM that my brother built. Yeah, called ZuckNet. No. (laughs) And we would, uh, instead of intercoming each other, we would have this uh, like internal chat system that he (laughs) built. This is when we were like super young. And then another example, like we wouldn't just play hide and seek. We would have to make our way towards this computer so that we could hit a button. And then we recorded metrics on who won hide and seek the most often. That sounds so fun. We would also get like birthday viruses on our birthday. What is a birthday virus? Oh, just like a pop-up that said that our computer will self-destruct in like a minute or something. Oh my God. That sounds so fun. I'm obsessed with this. You can't get caught sneaking to the computer to hit a button game. Yeah. Like I would play that today. (laughs) Yeah. I know. I was like, this is so normal. We're really normal kids. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. This feels right. This feels exactly like every other kid on the block. I'm sure. Yeah. I was too young to know, man. I know. That's really funny. I mean, when you're young, like you just think the way that your family operates is how every family operates. And then you meet other families and you're like, "Eh." yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there were there were six of us. So I I have have three siblings and uh, my oldest sister also was the editor in chief of our family newspaper, half a dozen. Oh, who? who, What was the? (laughs) Yeah. What was the circulation of half a dozen? Just within the family. Oh, great. Okay. (laughs) Tam of six. We love. Okay. Amazing. Yeah. And there's no subscription fee. It was really a terrible business, but... That's beautiful. No paywall. Yeah, no paywall. You didn't need Twitter Blue to access it. Exactly. (laughs) To like my crappy poems that I would submit. You were a poet. Are you still a poet? No, sadly. Maybe I should get back into that. I did win a poetry contest randomly in like second grade. You won a poetry contest? What was the poem about? It was about my dog. (laughs) What was your dog's name? (laughs) Coconut. (laughs) There's a Westie named Coconut. That's so cute. Were you responsible for naming Coconut? Because that's a great name. Yeah. I think my siblings actually made fun of it because they were like, coconuts are brown. (laughs) Uh, But the inside of coconut is white like a Westie. I'm 100% with you. Do you remember, was the poem a haiku? Was it a limerick? Did it rhyme? It rhymed. Really? And I remember describing coconut as big and broad, which is definitely not true because coconut was a tiny Westie. Yeah. (laughs) I guess to a second grader, though, a Westie could be considered broad. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't describe the breed in the poem, so I guess the judges just maybe thought I was describing a large dog. Yeah, they're picturing, like, Clifford the Big Red Dog. Of Westchester County. (laughs) Yeah. Amazing. Wow. Do you remember what it felt like to win that award? It felt great. Actually, my dog had a lot of health issues. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. And my parents were thinking of putting the dog down. Mm -hmm. And I wrote the poem as like, 
don't put the dog down. I love her. Did it work? Yes. A hundred percent. I mean, hundred percent. Wow. And then the fact that I won, I think was just like a cherry on top. Like now we really have to keep throwing money into a pit to, to keep this dog healthy. You were playing 12 D chess to keep that dog alive. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I have to share a story that I think is kind of embarrassing for me, but I was also in second grade at the time. So maybe you can forgive me for this. My mom was going to put down our oldest dog, Murphy. And I was so sad about this, even though I didn't really like the dog that much. It's just like your dog. It's in your family. You don't want your dog to die. You're six. And so I told all of the girls in my vocal lessons after school that my mom was going to put the dog down and they all swarmed her car at pickup. Just picture all these little six-year-old girls saying to my mom, you're killing Murphy? Oh my God, don't kill Murphy. And I swear to God, my mom canceled the appointment and did not put the dog down. (laughs) Wow. Look at us. Look at us. Saving animals. (laughs) I mean, we're basically PETA. I don't understand why we haven't gotten recognized for our contributions. Like ASPCA, please give us a call. Yeah. Oh my God. I can't believe I did that. Yeah, me neither. I'm really impressed with your poetry. Your art has (laughs) saved. Your art saves. So has yours. And that's right. Yes, exactly. My art of... You've inspired masses. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I really get the people going. That's right. I love that. Well, if you were to start writing poetry again, where do you think you'd start? Do you have a dog now? No, I wish I had a dog. Maybe I would write poetry about my future dog. That's a great (laughs) idea. I think first poem, wish I had a dog. Yeah. I think a lot of people... (laughs) Actually, that would be, I mean, I've been trying to convince my husband to get a dog for a while. So maybe this is, yeah, maybe this is like how I'm most influential is through poetry. Maybe that's it. I mean, forget venture. (laughs) I think that it sounds like your track record of success with convincing people on dog-related matters, very focused around poetry. Yes. Okay, I I found my purpose. (laughs) I think so too. I mean, I've said it before. I'll say it again. On non-technical, we change lives at the end of the day. And save lives. (laughs) Please report back if you write a poem to your husband about getting a dog and it works. Okay, will do. (laughs) Your husband who I worked with at Twilio. Another overlap. Yeah, anyone who knows Andrew Jordan, I probably knows that that is very unlikely to work, but we'll see. Okay. (laughs) But by the way, you're now using my technique of let's get other people on this get Ariella dog train. And I'm telling you, it's worked before. Yes. I actually have, I have recruited quite a few people on that train and it's, it's good. It's left the station and I think we'll get to the destination soon. Are we doing it local or express though? How are you feeling? (sighs) Local right now. Local. We're making local stops. Okay. Well, hopefully we can transfer at 42nd street and get on the four or five to destination dogville for you and Andrew. Yeah. Ariel, okay. So what is the tiniest hill that you're willing to die on? So something very inconsequential that you would totally go to bat for. I think that Sour Patch Kids are the best candy. (gasps) Ooh, yes. Okay, tell me why. I mean, that's a good question. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they're Okay, love it. No, sometimes it's just a gut feeling. Sometimes that's just how you feel. It's like venture. It's like, you know. (laughs) That's right. No due diligence required. Write that check. (laughs) First of all, sour is just, I think it's the best flavor. I don't know. It's so exciting. Yeah, it is exciting. It's vibrant. It's surprising. It actually like has this stop mechanism built in where like your taste buds kind of start to erupt that you can't eat too many. So yes. 
It's like self-metering. Wow. I've never thought of Sour Patch Kids as self-metering candy until <laughs> right now. I also love Sour Patch Kids. Is there a favorite color of Sour Patch Kids that you prefer? So I thought that it was blue. And then my husband administered a blind taste test. No. And I was not able to tell the difference. <gasps> Are you kidding? Except... I could tell which ones were the citrus ones and which ones were not okay. the citrus ones, but I swapped the citrus ones and everything oh else God. was just total chaos. First of all, your life sounds so fun. I would <laughs> love to live in a house where people are administering blind taste tests of candy for me. Also, blue would have been what I selected as well. And now I'm questioning myself. <laughs> we'll have to do it again. I'm going to try to... I don't know, like do a palate cleanser before each one. Like you I sniff I don't some know. coffee beans. Yes. Wait, okay. Ariel, next time we're in the same city, can we actually do this? That would be yes. so fun. A hundred percent. They also That'd had a mystery. Cool. Okay, this is going to reveal that I'm like a really a fangirl of Sour Patch Kids, but they had yeah. this um, mystery flavor launch really? recently. And I like roped at least three people into this, uh, the Reddit forums where people were trying to guess oh, what the flavor was and, and all this. And I was constantly texting people whenever they would send like a cryptic message on Instagram. Oh I was really God. into it. That's so fun. Did they yeah. reveal what the mystery flavor is? Yes, it was banana cream pie. Did you guess it right? No, I thought it was like kiwi or some shit. Okay. But... <laughs> hey, hey, tropical. You were on the right path. Yeah, thank you for saying that. You're welcome. <laughs> Ariel, I've got you. <laughs> Ariel. 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 <laughs> that is an amazing hill to die on. I'm trying to think like the last time I had a Sour Patch Kid. I don't remember, but I don't know that I've ever wanted one more than right now. Oh my God. <laughs> Throughout all of COVID and quarantine, we always had like a giant bag. And I think, really? yeah, my daily, it was part of like my daily complete meal or nutrition. Yeah, that's beautiful. That we yeah. all need a little bit of Sour Patch Kids in our lives. Also, I have to tell you that it's probably because we both just said Ariel, but you did say quarantine. <laughs> Wait, is that a is that a thing? Is that yeah, a Westchesterism? Oh no. Yeah. Quarantine. Quarantine. <laughs> Those of us from New England would say quarantine. <laughs> You guys are much fancier. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's what we're known for. I mean, honestly, that is what we're known for, but it is in a bad way. <laughs> Ariel, okay. So if you were not doing what you do now professionally, what do you think you'd be doing? So I love what I do, first of all. Yeah, I, of course. I just want to, you know, disclaimer. Let the record show. <laughs> yes. But I think, you know, I've thought about this a lot and I think I would be a really good like DJ at one of those trashy Opry ski bars. Oh, hell yeah. After a long day of skiing, I would roll up to my gig yes. and just do that throughout the winter season. That sounds like an amazing life. I <laughs> have to disclose something to you, which is that I don't necessarily know what a DJ at an Opry ski lounge, maybe you said, plays. What kind of beats are we dropping? Um, it'd probably be like far from what I, I usually do, but I think okay. people just want the hits a little bit at the Opry scene. Okay. What would be your first track? Like, okay, you get the gig. It's Opry Ski. Like you just had an amazing run. You come down, they're like, Ariel's on the beats. And then first song, what do you throw down? Okay. I, like I don't play this. I feel like I've never played this at a gig before, but the song okay. like Champion by Kanye comes to mind. Like okay. I want people to feel like they just crushed yes. it on the slopes. That's an amazing idea. So start with songs that reward people for how hard they just worked on the mountain. Yes. 
That's great. Exactly. I would love it if you did other like mountain theme songs. Like I'm thinking, what about like a club remix of Ain't No Mountain High Enough? Oh yeah. Right? 100%. That would be like a mid set. Okay. Like, banger. Yeah. That's incredible. It's on my list of things to do to ski again soon. I'm going to take such note of whatever music is playing when I come off the mountain. (laughs) And I will let you know if it is, if I'm like, this did not pump me up. This did not make me feel like a champion coming off the slope. Here's some feedback for your next gig. The music is usually not too deep at the Opre bar. You know what I mean? It's like a real, (laughs) it's not trying to challenge you. It's sort of like wedding music. Oh, fun. Have you DJed recently? Yes, I have DJed recently. Actually, really? Yes, I DJed at a ball. A ball? <laughs> I don't know how much I can say about it, but it was, <laughs> it was very fun. It was very fun. I also DJed at a bachelor party. Oh, my God. Okay, yeah. what, do you remember the first song you played at the bachelor party? So it was disco cowboy themed. It's not like I've ever heard those two words together before, but you said it and immediately, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. (laughs) I I put on this song called Hate Street Dialogue. Okay. By, I think, the Aveneers. I'll send it to you. Yeah, please. It's a good tune. It's very, like, disco cowboy. Disco cowboy. That sounds great. I'd love some disco cowboy vibes in my life. Again, don't know what it means. Never heard it before. Don't care. It just sounds right to me. I recommend looking it up on Pinterest. You'll get a lot of ideas. Really? Oh, (laughs) amazing. Heck yes to that. I think Lil Nas X is maybe like the poster boy of of disco cowboy. Oh, okay. That makes sense. That makes sense to me because he's got definitely a lot of genre wise. He's doing a lot of like crossover stuff. Yes. Okay. I'm starting to get a better picture of this. Thank you for bringing that into my life. For sure. Speaking of music, is there a song that whenever you hear it takes you back in time? I think like probably 20% of songs do that for me. I'm really into music and Mm. I, at least 15 to 20%, if you tell me the song, I could probably tell you like the the first time I heard it, like where I was, who I was with. But some examples, just to make it more concrete, is um, (laughs) my brother made this uh he like you know when you were burning cds like of course yeah yeah he he made this one called ill (laughs) and it was our drive up to vermont to go skiing playlist okay awesome dope i was super young i I was like Mm. six or seven or something and there was like your woman by white town okay do you know that song no it's like well i guess what you say is true I could never be the right kind of girl for you. Oh, okay. Yeah, definitely. That almost has like a Motown kind of a feel to it. Is that right? Eh, It's more like alternative. I think maybe it was a a cover or something, but yeah. Okay, I'll check it out. You will definitely recognize it. I will know it. But anyway, everything from Ill, like reminds me of my childhood. Does it specifically (laughs) remind you of driving to Vermont? Yes, for sure. Mm -hmm. And then I think like, High school was all about like release therapy, that album by Ludacris. (laughs) And oh my god, I love this. (laughs) Um, and then American Idiot by Green Day. I have a wide range of tastes. Yeah. No, me too. I'm totally but that's probably what makes you a good DJ. I'm the same way though. I listen to a a wide variety of genres. Yeah. Uh, What about you? What are some songs that take you back? I can't. Sometimes I literally hear myself say stuff out loud into this microphone that I know is public and on a show that I myself produce. And I literally cannot stop but say the most embarrassing thing imaginable. But I have to tell you the most embarrassing one that just came to mind. 
There's a song by Peter Frampton <laughs> called Baby, I Love Your Way. This oh, is I love that song. But okay, here's <laughs> the situation. It reminds me of the very first boy I ever dated when I was in like ninth grade and I had such a huge crush on him. But the reason that I, I'm like covering my eyes while I say this, I can't believe I'm saying this, whatever. The reason that I think of that song and I associate it with him is because the day that we had our first kiss, which yes, was through an orchestrated game of spin the bottle. Wow. It played on an episode of Family Guy. (laughs) Wow. Wow. So that is like the most 12 year old or however old, 13 year old thing I've ever heard of in my life. But every time that that whole like trajectory of events is just like me at 13 right there. (laughs) Wow. I'm glad that I've unburdened myself of that. That's not embarrassing. That's like you've just captured a a moment in time. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm going to think of that every time I hear that song. God, that's incredible. That's incredible. Oh my God. Oh, what a good time. What a good time. Can't believe that he and I didn't work out, you know, with an origin story like that. I can't believe he's not the one administering Sour Patch taste tests for me right now. I just can't. Sounds like it was really solid foundation. Really solid foundation for a relationship. (laughs) Okay. So I have a two-part question for you, which is, first of all, who would play you in a movie about your life? And second part of the question, should this movie be a biopic? So start to present day, or is there a particular chapter of your life that you think would make a really fun movie? Oh man, I feel like a movie about my life would be pretty boring. Can it be about someone else's life? No, it's going to be about your life. I want to be like the Jennifer Coolidge supporting <laughs> character in someone else's biopic. I love that so <laughs> So much. God, Jennifer Coolidge makes everything that she's in better. Yeah, she's the best. I, I mean, I know it's very aspirational, but that that would be my dream. Set your sights high. Ain't no mountain high enough, I would say. Yeah. Okay, I'm not going to let you off the hook that easily. Okay. I highly doubt a movie about your life would be boring. So let's say it's a particular chapter of your life. Is there like one era you look back on where that was particularly exciting or intense or emotional or unexpected. I like kind of blacked out the second half of what you were talking about, but <laughs> but cuz all that I could see it's like a comedy ski movie. Like one of those one of those like things that you like look at it on YouTube and you're like hell yeah, that's sick. Hell yeah. That's okay, dope. I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then it's like dope. also makes you laugh. Like there's okay. comedic scenes in it. What I'm hearing is like aesthetically the sh- the ski shots, like the mountain shots that's going to be like dope. Like it's going to be super just like sweet pow. So gnarly. So great. I forget. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Face shots. Yeah. Yes. White room. (laughs) Oh yeah. Are those real terms? (laughs) Yeah, those are real terms. You could say any combinations of word right now and I'd be like, yep. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So those will be buttery smooth. And then... We also want there to be kind of like a comedic angle. So is there a particular ski trip you took that you think would make a good comedy? I've had just moments throughout skiing that I would like intersperse throughout. And kind of like how a thriller, you know, like just catches you off guard with something scary. I almost want to like catch you off guard with with the comedy. Like someone's doing like a sick jump and then they just, I don't know, they yard sale in a really dramatic and beautiful way. Yes. Could you please tell me what yard sale means? <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, it is when you fall and end up losing both your skis, oh my both God. your poles in a oh way no. that they're strewn over the ski slope so that it's it like looks like a yard sale like you you, these items are essentially for sale because they're not on you anymore that's hysterical i've never heard that before (laughs) (laughs) by the way yard sale would also be a great name for the movie yes okay here's what i'm thinking maybe what we could do is it could be a somewhat fictionalized version of your life and maybe it's about you becoming an opera ski dj and so oh, yeah. we make the emotional stakes of the movie really high and we make it really fun. But actually, the the true life stakes are low. It's like woman who wants to become the ultimate opera ski DJ. You know what I mean? Yeah. Can you imagine how awesome Jennifer Coolidge would look behind <laughs> the decks <laughs> at like the chamois or something? Oh, my God. Wait. Yes. She's in this film. I'm going to have to ask you who would play you in this movie about your life. Jesse Eisenberg. No, just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> oh my God. I love that so much. That's so funny. <sighs> By the way, Jesse Eisenberg headlining it with Jennifer Coolidge. Yes. That's a movie that I sells itself. Yeah. God, that's hilarious. Uh, Anyone else come to mind? I'm fine with Jesse Eisenberg, by the way. We'll call him up, see if he's available. Yeah. Oof. I don't know. A uh, man. No, I, I have no answer. <laughs> You're like, I'm no, done. pass. Yeah. It's Jesse, pass. Jennifer, or bust, okay? <laughs> I think Jennifer Coolidge should play somebody who's staying at the lodge, who's, I'm basically just describing her character from White Lotus, clearly has a lot of resources, and she's always sort of draped in incredible ski clothing. Yes. She just comes into the lodge. Maybe she inspires your character along the way. Totally. Oh my God, this is going to be an incredible movie. I can't wait to watch Yard Sale. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Ariel, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to be right back. This episode of Non-Technical is still brought to you by Bets Recruiting. Whether you're looking to hire the best go-to-market talent or looking for your next opportunity, Bets can help. Okay, friends, I'm bringing you what I think may be the one and only time I allow myself to use a phrase like this on the podcast. Here we go. Let's talk about the future of work. I'm not telling you anything you don't know when I say the future of work is kind of happening right now. Companies all over are figuring out whether they want folks in the office or out of the office or kind of in the office or pods or whatever. You may be having those conversations at your company and you may or may not like what's being decided. Either way, the good news is you can join the Bets Recruiting Network to find a company that's totally aligned with what you're looking for from your work setup. Whether that's being in office best buds with your deskmate or literally never finding out how tall your coworker is. Learn more about finding your next role or hiring top talent at betsrecruiting.com slash non-technical. And we're back with Ariel Zuckerberg, partner at a leading early stage venture fund. Ariel, we've reached a very exciting moment in this episode of non-technical. Are you ready? Uh-oh. <laughs> I don't know. Something about are you ready makes me feel like I have to put my game face okay. on and I'm like, am I ready? It does make you question for a second. Yeah. Am I prepared for this? Well, the good news is I know you're prepared for this because we've arrived at the lightning round, except you don't have to do anything differently. Like you don't have to answer fast or anything like that. They're just shorter questions. Okay, cool. Okay. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Coffee. How do you take it? Coffee, actually. Coffee. Coffee. <laughs> okay, look, Ariel, let me ask you this. Coffee or tea? <laughs> um, I take it with some half and half. Ooh. ooh. Old school. 
Yeah. Oh my God. I mean, I throwback, full dairy, yeah. half and half realness. Super full dairy. You might be the second person to ever say half and half on the pod. This is iconic. <laughs> wow. Huge. Okay. Yeah. Huge scoop. Do you take it with any sugar? No. Is that less old school? No, no. Should just, I be disappointed I, in myself? No, not at all. <laughs> First of all, um, that's queen shit getting half and half in your coffee. So yeah. no, you should not be disappointed in yourself. I was just curious if we were like fully sending it and you were like, oh, also there's like three packets of raw sugar in there Ooh. too, you know? Oh man, I'm going to try. I, I love sending it. So yeah. <laughs> I'm going to try that next time. <laughs> Ariel Zuckerberg famously loves sending it. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a favorite board game? I love board games. I love some old school ones, similar to the half and half. I'm into like Boggle and Yahtzee and, okay. and sort of that Classics. genre. But um, there's also one called Bang. Have you heard okay. of this? No. What is that? It is a spaghetti Western themed shootout oh game that's kind mm-hmm. of like werewolf or, or mafia, okay. but with it's like a card, turn by turn card game. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. If you like mafia and you like spaghetti Western shootouts, then you would like it. It's great. <laughs> Just like if you're in the middle of the Venn diagram between having yeah. played Mafia at sleepovers in 2001 and also are a big fan of spaghetti Westerns, then we've got the game for you. Yes. Have you ever read a book twice? Oh, I think like the Harry Potter books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Prisoner of Azkaban, I think I've definitely read twice. Is that your favorite one of the series? I think so. I think that's like when it kind of started to get dark. That is definitely when it started to get dark. And the films too, I think, reflected that. Well, that's also the first one that, I think his name is Christopher Columbus, actually, like stopped directing. They brought in a darker director. It was very obvious. Totally. They put a different filter on that movie. (laughs) Yeah, I could not agree more. Do you know what house you'd be in? Uh, I took, okay. Tell me. I'm so bored by it, but I took the BuzzFeed <laughs> quiz and I was in Gryffindor, which like, oh, uh, uh, <laughs> I wanted to be Slytherin, but I just, really, yeah, I don't know. I just thought that would be more interesting. Do you know who told me that I would be in Slytherin is Bremner Morris. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, he's like the most Gryffindor I know. person No, he's there. a true, wait, wait. At first I agreed with you and then Hufflepuff. The oh, man is a yeah, Hufflepuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I see that. I see that. I love that. So what do you much. think Ellen is? Ravenclaw? Ravenclaw. Yeah. Ravenclaw for sure. So you're Slytherin? No, I don't think so at all. I don't know. You know, we should sort all of the non-technical guests into Hogwarts houses. Yes. That would be so fun. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I know. I was so bored when I was Gryffindor. I was like, come on, I'm not going to be able to tell anyone this. But here I am saying it. Here you are on the the record for everyone to hear. Do you have a pump up song since you're a big music fan? Yes. (laughs) It changes, though. It changes constantly. I think Icon by Jaden. I don't know that song. Oh god. Is that going to be my new pump up song? Oh, yeah. It's it's a good one. I also like Old Time Rock and Roll by Bob Seger. Yeah, that's a classic. So that's if you're like, you really need to get pumped up for like a Zoom meeting and you're tired or something, you'll throw that on. Yeah. Or if I just want to have a little, like a little dance break. Maybe oh. it's not a pump up song. It's like a dance break song. Okay. That's great. If you want to get pumped up for like the playa, some Burning mm-hmm. Man energy. Yep. There's a song that has a great name called 18 Month Free Trial. <laughs> wow. Wow. Oh my God. That is an incredible name. Yeah. 
check it out if you're into the, the playa music. Okay, fantastic. I'm like I'm glad that we're we're catering to all pieces of my demographic right now. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I have one final question for you, which is, what would you title your memoir? I don't know why this comes to mind. There's there's a connection here. So okay. my fibbage name. Mm. Throughout COVID, when we were playing Jack in the box, yeah. Jackbox, Jack, whatever. Jackbox Party Pack. Yeah. Um, yeah, my fibbage name came from um, when I was the captain of the volleyball team. We made like these custom jerseys. And on the back mm. of mine, it said, Mother Sucker. Oh my God. And I think that would maybe be my, the title of my memoir. Oh my God. That's a perfect title for a memoir. (laughs) Even though I don't have kids, but whatever. Someday. No, whatever. I love that even better. And I hear, (laughs) look, word on the streets that you're going to have a dog pretty soon. Okay. Like I'm just saying. That's an incredible name for a memoir. And I think many people would buy that. (laughs) Mother sucker. (laughs) Yeah, who wouldn't? I certainly would. Coming soon to bookshelves near you. Ariel, thank you so much for coming on Non-Technical. This was fun. Thank you for having me. This was legitimately such a treat. Where can people find more about you online? Twitter. Sure. Instagram. Honestly, everywhere. I'm pretty easy to find. LinkedIn. Add me on LinkedIn. (laughs) Oh my God. I've never asked anyone to add me on LinkedIn in my life. I love it. And on Twitter, you're at Ariel Zuck. Is that where you are on Instagram as well? I'm I'm actually on Instagram. I'm at AZ. Ooh, flex. Yeah. We love a flex. flex. I love to be flexed on. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, and you can find me at Yay Alexis Gay on Twitter and Instagram or at Non-Technical Pod on Twitter. Ariel, one more time. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for joining me. This has been so much fun. I'm really envious about your consistent branding across social platforms. This guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's my flex. <laughs> Was not able to get AC at, on Twitter. Hmm, can't imagine why. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe someday. Someday. Okay, Ariel. Thanks again. Talk to you soon. 